0: Here are your hosts, Chase Barn. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
2: Welcome in this Thursday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Barn, Neil McCrady. Jeffrey Wright joining us for his weekly appearance as always. Go over Neil's picks. Heading into the weekend, Ole Miss and Alabama a couple days away. A lot of good games on the slate, really good slate, and it seems like we basically picked every game in the country this week, so we gave a long content item there at rebelgrove.com to check out along with this you know, cheat sheet to our picks this morning. We'll go through all those. We will uh, hit some other sports topics as well. Podcasts uh, presented by the Oxford Exxon and Twisted Tea as always, the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford lunch specials. Five sixty 2 sides, bread, any size fountain drink for those. Tailgating next weekend, LSU in town, in the Grove. If you need some uh, help, they can help you out. A couple slabs of ribs, pounds of pulled pork, sides, vegetables, drinks, and much more, including the uh, new beer cave. Again, 34 degrees, tons of options. Head on in, get your al- alcoholic beverages of choice there at the Oxford Exxon. And Again, Neil is in the Clark Ford studio.
3: I am Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number, call it, ask for my buddy Corey Clark, tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, it's really that simple, it's right to the bottom line, there's no hassle, no haggle, you get your quote, the rest is up to you, you can shop it around, or you can do the smart thing, do what I've done, and hop into a Clark Ford today, you will love the product, you'll love the service, you'll love everything about Clark Ford, 662-257-1900, Jeffrey Wright, and all other guests join on the Campbell Clinic Hotline, The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111, walk-ons, Our walk-ins, walk-ons too, I'm sure, but walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m.
2: Jeffrey, how are you this morning?
1: Man, I am just absolutely exhausted. I mean, you know, you get the email on Sunday, hey, we're picking 38 games, and by the way, (laughs) need it by Wednesday, you know. Very pushy, very demanding. I mean, you're I'm, getting nine and a half hours of sleep right now, Jeffrey. I yeah, mean, no, what the totally hell? Like, what else yeah, could you yeah. ask for? I no, mean... no, no. Listen, listen uh, I, it's not like I have anything else going on in my life. This is all I wanted to do was pick these games. And let me tell you what, boys. I hate the slate. I mean, it's a great slate of football games, but I do not like. I do not like a single line I saw this entire week, except one. I, I do I, like. I, I, I and like I pointed this out.
3: I pointed this out in the piece, so I had to. I put a publisher's mm. note on your first. Yeah, pick. I saw that. Yeah, we always pick top twenty-five games. It's not my fault that there's seventy of them this week. I mean, uh-huh. we always pick top twenty-five games.
1: We do not do it this early
2: in the season.
3: No, that is not this, true.
1: So, no, Neil, this is your you you added that rule like I don't know five six years ago, maybe longer. You might have added it when we were picking games that had already actually happened. Uh, hey, There's a reason ready, we call them meals picks, you know. Yeah, but this is typically your move when you get to November and you got to start making up ground. Which, by the way, it's I'm actually
3: back already. I mean, it's
1: kind of there. It's a terrible strategy. From where you are, the more games you throw at us, the better chances we have of just going 500. Like the the odds are the odds are when you add 14 games you're not going to really make up that much crowd. Now, I suppose if you go 12 and two, that's fine. I'd, I've yet to see that week. We're picking the entire Pac-12 this week,
2: basically. The entire Pac-12 is almost like the best league, league in America. They got eight it's, wearing
3: it, teams, it, baby. It's it, You could argue that it is literally, without question, the best league in America. It's, it's the craziest part of, so far, it's the craziest storyline in this season is that in its extinction year, Pac-12's probably better than the SEC in the Big Ten.
1: It is, I don't know. Like, I think George Klayavkoff was basically a bullshit artist from day one. He was on to something when he said, I am excited to see what our numbers look like with Dion. Oh, it's not wrong. Those that that nine million on a game that started
2: at nine or nine thirty at night. I mean, incredible. Because you, <laughs> you, you, you're <laughs> either all in or all out on
3: him. One of the, the games
1: didn't end until 2 30 Eastern.
3: Yeah. And it's, they still had massive numbers. I mean, guys, nobody does that.
1: It peaked at 11 million. If you go and you look at the sports TV ratings uh, Twitter account, it basically it was an NFL like noon game.
3: Yeah. It was unreal. No, the NFL numbers is unbelievable o- on a late night game against Colorado freaking a state.
1: A 21, it was like a 21 point line. We're, it's we're, not we're like gonna, this was a good
2: game. We're, we're gonna pick this game. So I'll I'll get to this, but I'm gonna go ahead and use it now. I, I did love Dion. He's pretty smart yesterday. You know, Colorado State made it personal with that stuff. Dan Lanning is the guy who basically said, Who cares if Colorado leaves? They've never won anything. He was the yeah, most right. pointed of any coach. And yet yesterday when they asked Dion, hey, did uh is Oregon made it personal? No, I don't know. Tons of respect for the ducks. You know what? Love how they're handling everything all good. Or or, or <laughs> I, I I love me some ducks. I, I like he, he was all in on no n- nothing personal whatsoever with Dan Lanning and, and the Ducks on Saturday.
1: That might have influenced my pick a little bit. Yeah. That was the like, mm. that was the oh boy, uh, I'm going to I'm going to a <laughs> fight with you know gunfight with a knife.
3: Dion's looked at the film
1: yeah 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 he went I don't know yeah, I think I, Dion expects to be three and one on, on on Saturday night I mean I think the other problem is <clears throat> there was that game though was fascinating you had the I thought the biggest problem in that game though was the officials like they let that game they let that game get the way that it that it did, I like guess. Chippy as it was, and then you have, you know, you're going to Oregon without your best player, or maybe you know, it's either your. Yeah, I'd say Travis their best player. Although I think Shador's really good.
3: I do too, but Hunter's the best player. Yeah. No, but they, they where were, the, the where were the adults in the room, right? I mean, that hundred percent. That thing boiled over. They let it boil over in pregame. The adults have to take control of that, and you've got to take some of the steam out of the kettle there right you've got to let it out a little bit like you got to get guys back in locker room and go hey fellas this cannot be a brawl this is not who we are this can't happen we can't get a bunch of you suspended blah 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 you got it and apparently that just did not happen
1: yeah i uh, the officials at some point you know early in that game you got to do the old pull each coach over and say like get your team in order or i'm going to start taking it out on you
3: yeah it's the major league baseball umpire that first second inning goes to both dugouts and goes here's the warning I mean, you yeah. don't like it. I don't care. I'm not. I I like. The, what did the guy say? My ass is in the. I can't Bonus remember the term. Or
2: whatever. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He's like. He's like. Oh, the guy that got tossed last week. No. It was no. A, last year. A clip,
3: a famous clip ah. of an umpire. He's he's talking to, um, Terry Collins when he was the manager of the Mets, and he's like, "Hey, Terry, I, my ass is my ass is is on the line here too, bud. This Major League Baseball is like that. the office is on me. This this can't." It stops now. It just doesn't. We didn't get a chance because yeah, you just did. That's that's yeah. over.
2: Yeah, you had a chance. So we'll go ahead and hit it here. I mean, Oregon's going to win the game. They're probably going to win the game handedly. This is all about whether Colorado backdoor covers this, right?
1: I think so. But I have, I have made the decision. I'm done being in the uh, make a definitive statement about Colorado. Like I don't think they, I, I they operate outside of. To me, like their offense is good enough to where they can hang with just about anybody. Their defense is bad enough to where they're going to lose football games. Like they're not going undefeated. But I again, I suspect that or this is going to be the this is the beginning of the all right, she turns into a pumpkin or, you know, <laughs> turns back into a pumpkin. But at the same time with Colorado, like I'm just done. I'm done being in the Dion, they're going to lose business because it's not. It's not been that lucrative,
2: Neil. You're accidentally muted. Can you hit that on your screen? I have no idea why, and it's not letting me unmute you. Okay, sorry. Okay.
3: The, uh, the, what I was going to say is, by the way, it's my ass is in the jackpot, which makes that's no sense. right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, Regardless,
3: yeah. what what Colorado doesn't get credit for enough is um, those cats play really hard, hundred percent, and they don't have many guys. I, I, they really don't, and they play really hard. I mean. We had Jeff Collins on McCready and Siski on Monday, and he was saying that watching film, and he was referencing Alabama and South Florida, but he said this is across the board. He goes, loafs are way up from talking to coaching friends that he has, the effort's way down. You see it on film. I'm going to take his word for it. Dude's coached a lot of football. um, But he, I mean, he didn't say this about Colorado, but I'll say it about Colorado. You don't see it with them. they they're, They don't loaf. They get after it.
1: No, and you can tell he watched a lot of South Florida-Alabama because there, yeah. there was a lot of – I mean, there There are rumors that there, that was a locker room mutiny. That rumor is there individually. Now, um, that was less on defense. That was more on offense, that the offensive line was – the offensive line was making a statement. I
2: know your pick, Jeffrey, but just actual game, where are you standing, Auburn plus seven at Texas A&M, 11 o'clock on ESPN?
1: Uh, My instinct was like, y'all, like, why is this line? This line feels low um, because Auburn can't score. Auburn's really – the offensive genius must be working with the defense this year. Well,
2: he did call the touchdown against Cal. He pointed out uh, he ran very well of the offense, goes. but that oh, he did actually call the play that did. resulted in the touchdown against. Of Samaritan. course, he did.
1: He would Barry, he would just Barry call goes. every play. They score a hundred points. Salih, Salih tweeted out some quote from like two Mondays ago, and it it was just like we had a really good plan, really good plan. I was like, oh my god, he is just like he's in his bag already. Like he's got all his things. I was like, give me a some kid that got hurt came to see him in his office. Give me give me a kid kid came to see him in his office.
3: Hey, will uh will he spend some time with your boy Ross in College Station? Chase will they visit a little bit, catch up on family and talk about the good old days, maybe talk about the hostage video. I have
2: a hunch that's not one of those where they go out to the steakhouse the night before and rehash old uh,
1: old memories. I
2: don't I don't think they're going to head on over to to wherever and get the cowboy
1: ribeye and the the potatoes know, and the whole deal. He'll never admit this because he's a like a sociopath. <laughs> but he owes Ross a thank you. Like, yeah, the fact that the sure. fact that they did not let everything they had get out is why he's employed right now. If no they doubt. if they would have just said if Ross and them it was if they would have said we don't we know we're not paying you but we're going to end you they could have. Yeah, they could have thrown the
2: head coach completely under the bus and that been the route.
3: Correct. Could have picked could have picked a media member yep. and just gone. Here hey he is. is. Here it is. You didn't get it from me. But Correct. here it is. It's all here. Got any questions? Holler at me. But again, you didn't hear it from me. Right. I'm just yeah. I'm just a source. Just call me source. Just say documents attained by. Yes. And have at it. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. And they didn't so do. Neil, it. you
2: Neil, you took this as a gift, not that, as a weird line, because you have uh, the Aggies blowing out the Tigers on Saturday.
3: I mean, I've watched both teams. It's not. If look,
1: C- can we say something here? Sure. I don't think I. I know. I know because of Ross and, and there's and the cult. The cult fan base. Everything. I. I don't think A and M stinks.
3: I don't either. I, I don't think they stink at all. I, I actually think they're good.
1: I mean, I think it turns out, I, mean, I think
3: Miami, it might turn out that Miami's got a lot of dudes. It, it, I think they do. I mean, here's the deal with AM is that defensively, for whatever reason or reasons, they're not playing to their talent. But the media, because we're, we, we get, we do this, we, not us, but as a collective. We make up our minds sometime in the summer. Okay, these are the storylines for the year, and we don't adjust. We no. never adjust, and so the storyline is Petrino and Fisher. They can't coexist. Well, so far they've coexisted really, really well. The offense is good. Mm-hmm. The quarterback's a good player. They've they've they're creative with their play calling. Their play yes. calling is not, is not predictable the way it has been in the past. I mean, I, some I hear people do it, and I'm like, you obviously have not watched. They didn't watch. I mean, they just saw the final score of the Miami game and went, aha. No, that wasn't it, man. They got beaten special teams and they got beat on defense. Big place. Because,
1: big place. Big place killed them.
3: Yeah, they're they're having a hard time getting to the quarterback. They're not tackling particularly well. And their secondary is not very disciplined. It's athletic as hell, but it's they're they're not very disciplined. And and Miami had a really good scheme, and and the quarterback, Van Dyke, I think that's his name played an exceptional game in terms of his accuracy and when he had opportunities he took them. But look, A and M's not a bad team. Auburn's potentially a bad team. I mean this this if if both teams sort of play to their potential here, this is not close. So I
1: have a theory on Durkin, and since y'all have covered him, uh, I'm I'm gonna workshop this on you. I would rather have DJ as my coordinator with less talent. Like, when he was at Ole Miss, I think that's better for him because the style of defense that he wants to play, it helps make undermanned defenses hit their ceiling. But when I have Texas A&M talent, I'd rather honestly just have, hey, boys, like, we're lining up and we're playing. And because when you watch... That, to me, yes, the secondary has been has been susceptible to gambling a lot. But the biggest problem that I see is they're they're doing so much with their defensive line that like you have those dudes,
3: let them just play. Yeah, he's got thoroughbreds and he's not letting them run. Correct. He's he's just jogging them around the track, and the horse is losing its freaking mind because it's like, hey, I want to I, I want to do what what comes natural to me. I, I just want to take off for a minute.
0: Like you I want like,
3: to do it.
1: I want meathead defensive coordinator. Like I want Jeremy Pruitt with those guys.
3: Yeah, oh, he's he, let, him go. let him play. The,
1: the Ole Miss players have mentioned that Durkin, and
2: to a point, Partridge's systems were very rigid, where you put them in the right place, and essentially you're counting on the offense to make mistakes, or if you're just in the right place often enough, good things happen.
3: Yes. Well, and bend but don't break. Bend, right. bend, bend, yeah, bend, yeah, bend yeah. and eventually they'll build. Someone on offense will screw it up, and. And then the problem. And the problem in
1: that Miami game was Miami hit shot plays. So the bend but don't break. When you give up the massive explosive play, well, that that whole idea is, all right, we'll let you get your yards, but when you get into the red zone, we're going to get you. And if they never, if they're just hitting shot plays, that it doesn't really matter.
3: They weren't attacking Miami enough. Yeah, and he got and the the quarterback got comfortable and hot. And he got hot. Yeah. And then it was, he, he, he played out of his mind at that point.
2: None of us uh, jumping on Vanderbilt this week. Kentucky giving 13 and a half there on West End, 11 a.m. SEC network. So I see can, uh, Vanderbilt will be the right side. Yes, exactly. I the
3: odds
1: should... are we all miss before we all get it right. But
3: let them I mean, listen. <laughs> if, if Vanderbilt if Vanderbilt covers the cover, I'm, I'm, done. Uh, I, that's, I'm that's, done.
1: I do want to start tracking when we're all. Because the ones that come to mind, we were all in Florida, right? Against Utah. Um, Kansas State. Well, minus the hero. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I feel like our batting average, when we're all like, oh, yeah, get take this side. Yeah. But I do think Vanderbilt might be that bad. 13 that, doesn't
2: that feel guy, big enough, even though Kentucky has been weird outside of Leary.
1: I know. I, uh, I know uh, everyone else might have things going on, but that... That final sequence on CBS Sports Network in Vegas last week, that was art. That that was, that was the good old days. Neil, I told Chase it was nice in this era of college football where, let's be real, it doesn't look like anything that we've known for our entire lives. It was nice to just get back to Florida beats Tennessee in Gainesville and Vanderbilt we'll take a defeat out of the jaws of victory. Like it was just nice to get back to my warm blanket. I was like, okay, at least I have this.
3: Yeah. I recognize this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are they? Vanderbilt has how many wins right now? Two. Two. So they beat Hawaii and then they had their, whatever their, uh, uh Alabama state or, or
3: Alabama, A&M. Yeah. A&M, wherever that was. Their
2: season over under is three and a half.
3: Oh, it's done under. It's
2: done. Yeah. You can't find two.
3: So Speaking of, a
1: uh, they lost to Wake and UNLV. I'm trying to think. Yeah. So they have Ole Miss, and then who's their other West team?
3: Auburn. Eh. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a chance Auburn's in the in the tank by then. But
1: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Auburn's back. got an important month.
2: Yeah, they They, know, I mean, they have a stretch that is deciding I mean, what that looks like moving into correct.
3: There's Mid-October. some people around Auburn that are giving Auburn wins because they're Auburn, and I'm like, you guys are not watching. Again, you're not watching the games.
1: Scott, Number, uh... it's week three, and he's juggling quarterbacks.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: because he doesn't have one.
1: Correct. But at the same time, he's not do when he he is at his best when he just picks a guy. But when he starts juggling, that's not. That that's a that's an indication that he's indecisive and that they don't have anything.
2: Number twenty two UCLA plus five at number eleven Utah is Cam Rising playing in this game?
1: So, I I think so, but this line also stinks to me. Because Utah at home is like one of the biggest home field advantages for uh for Vegas. So if that is indeed the case, would Utah and UCLA essentially be a pick'em on a neutral field? Oh.
3: I'm in the minority on this. I'm actually picking UCLA to win the game. I, I, I think they're sneaky good.
1: I think they're sneaky good. The problem is I don't know. They treat the non-con schedule like it's a preseason and is he gonna is he picking the freshman? If he plays the freshman, I feel a lot better.
3: I but he's, he's still the Chase I think he's gonna play more.
1: I think he's gonna play Dante.
3: Whatever. I think he's gonna play Dante more.
1: Dante Dante Moore is a electric factory. He's a stud. Guys,
3: there were player. there were guys in rivals that I talked to when we were doing all the quarterback stuff about Arch and all that crap back in the day who were like hey man this kid in Detroit's a beast and here he is
1: I watched every snap of that Coastal Carolina game early in the year and it was just so frustrating because he's playing Garbers I can't remember if it's Chase or Chase's brother but one of the Garbers is at UCLA and you know the, the kid looks like uh, what you would be playing if your best two quarterbacks got hurt like that's that's what he is and then they they throw in this guy, and you're like, that's the guy. Play him.
2: So, if you're actually putting real money on this, you're just waiting on Risings
1: availability, right? I think so, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of with Neil. I, my gut says I think UCLA is a little undervalued because they haven't really had like the spotlight and – Mm-hmm. Utah got the spotlight against Florida, and then they had the they let Baylor beat itself day. And, and everybody
3: out west is is obsessed with um Psycho and Caleb, yeah. And and so they get they they suck all the oxygen out of the room in in Southern California, so no one even notices UCLA. But if you've watched them play, you're like, damn, you got pretty good. I mean, they, they're good. I mean, I, I they're good. They have, a,
1: they have an identity, that's for sure. Like, they're and, and he's a good
3: coach, man. He's a good coach. He's acclimated to a lot of things. I saw people taking shots at Kelly because they love Lincoln Riley, and people love Lincoln Riley standing up to the media and all that stuff this week. But I'm like, okay, I'm kind of team UCLA here.
1: Uh, I need to, I need to change my whatever. I, I want UCLA here. I don't want Utah. I, I noticed. that okay. I'm sorry. I had to pick 48 games this week. It's fun. We'll get we'll, we'll, we'll give you one right there. Um, Alabama,
2: Ole Miss, six and a half was our number. It's been pre- sitting on seven pretty much all week at this point in Tuscaloosa for Saturday. What uh, Jeffrey? We hadn't talked to you. I mean, forget the game. What,
1: what what did you make of Lane's antics over the course of the last five days? So my impression, maybe I'm getting a little too sinister. Maybe I watched one too many uh, spy movies growing up. I felt like that was Lane saying to Nick, hey, you got people in your building that talk to us. And we know.
3: Oh, for sure.
1: I took that as that kind of shot. I took that as, hey. You uh, lost little control of your kingdom over there, bud. And you probably got some people in that building that think uh, Golding was a scapegoat. Because there was a narrative. There was a narrative out of Tuscaloosa that once we get rid of the coordinators, it's going to be fixed. Doesn't look fixed to me. Now, in fairness to uh, Kevin Steele and Tavares Robinson, like, I don't think the defense was like, yeah, the defense late against Texas couldn't get a stop, but the defense was the only reason that game wasn't an absolute bloodbath from the kickoff. Like if you're looking at if you're looking at Alabama and you go the defense is the problem, I can't help you. No, the defense is
2: not the problem. I mean this comes this comes down to, for me at least, and I picked a close Alabama win. Uh, Jeffrey, you picked Ole Miss to win twenty seven twenty four. Is Ole Miss's linebacker play against Milroe relative to Jackson Dart's ability to take over a game offensively?
1: That's it. The problem. The problem that I have is my eyes tell me Ole Miss is a better football team at this point in time. I've also seen this song and dance before. Alabama looks like crap. They're going to come home. It's a home opener, uh, as Neil mentions. And, I mean, this is the struggle that I have. I think Ole Miss has the the significantly better player – at the single most important position. I think it's entirely possible that Alabama at every other position has a more talented player than Ole Miss has. And Kiffin said the same. So, part of, like, feeling good about Ole Miss is more of a reflection of, well, is Alabama underperforming? And I didn't put this in picks because I didn't look it up till after you don't know the last time they've lost two games at home? Neil does. Pre Saban. No, you no, you know it. First year of Saban. Oh, so so a guy you fired at whatever W whatever. Nsp. Yeah, they lost four games at home that year.
3: Six nine four one five five. Call the hotline. Star one zero five on your singular wireless. Ah, singular. Singular. Good old days. Here's the thing. I almost changed my pick last night, and then I taped with Pete, and then I almost changed it to Alabama. by more than one.
1: I'm in the. So this is kind of where I fall.
3: Pete Pete think thinks either- that Ole Miss is going to have problems with with Milrow. He he thinks that that he thinks Milrow is going to be an issue. He like okay, he so- thinks this whole spy thing is 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 a bad idea. He thinks he, Ole Miss doesn't really have the personnel to do it. It doesn't. It would be a, it would be a communication nightmare and. You can tell Pete Pete is worried that, that Milrow is going to cause issues with his ability to extend plays with his feet.
1: And I completely understand that. The problem, though, that I have is Alabama's offensive line, even against, like, MTSU, where the final score was what it was, they were only getting, like, four yards a carry. And MTSU went into that game understanding exactly what it was. We're getting the paycheck and we're getting out of here, but NTSU coaches and again this could have been Memphis spin for the Missouri game. NTSU coaches were more impressed with Missouri's offensive line than they were Alabama's.
3: Oh look, they got they got whipped up front uh, by by Texas. I mean, I think I think Ole, the, the thing with Ole Miss is not can you get to Milrow; it's can you bring him down.
1: Well, the real problem is, the real problem is, can they make Alabama one dimensional? Can, can Ole Miss do what Texas did to Milroe, which is force Milroe to have to throw it to beat them? If the answer is yes, then they're going to win the football game. But the question is, can they do that? And it seems to be that some people have skepticism. And again, that's kind of where I, I go back to this game, like, I mean, I was talking about it with Aaliyah. Like, you could tell me like 20 different results in this game and I'd buy it. But I think where I really boil down to is like, I think either Ole Miss wins the game or it turns into like the the get your popcorn ready game where they got beat by like, you know, 420, what was it, 42, 21, something like that.
3: It's basically what Pete said. Pete said the only scenario, and I don't want to give away the show, but you guys ought to watch it. It was really good. He's He's, Pete's fantastic at that. He said the only scenario that would really shock him that he just didn't buy was Ole Miss in a blowout. He he, he didn't think he didn't think that was he didn't think that was on the menu. He the cl- way that, that he I clearly think- thought Alabama by two or three scores was a small spot on the wheel of fortune. Wheel, oh, I think I think there care. is a
1: scenario where Ole Miss wins in a blowout, but it's probably a, a scenario. It's it involves Alabama quitting. It involves them being really truly like all these internal issues being for real.
2: Yeah, it's kind of the it's it's the ironic thing is Ole Miss has made some progress because of quarterback and these different things, and yet they have the worst matchup on the field in this game where Alabama at least seems more susceptible relative to their normal state. And yet, yes, there's this glaring mill row against whatever the hell the linebacker situation looks like for Ole Miss on uh on Saturday, and I mean, they look, I mean, they played Perkins more plays to get him out there, but he also is a is a is a liability from a assignment standpoint. So, what does that look like? I uh, I don't know. Again, Saturday two thirty for uh, that mean, there one. Is, there's also mm-hmm.
1: a, 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 a is Tommy Reese going to call the plays that will beat Ole Miss? Because Tommy Reese wouldn't do that against Texas.
3: That's no, a great point. That's uh, a lot of people have said that. I have an extra an Oxford Exxon extra edition coming out three three Alabama guests, and one of the common themes from them was that there was a belief inside the building that they had some packages that were available for Milro that they simply did not use against Texas. They asked him to to run the traditional offense, which is not his strength. His strength is his feet. Well, I mean,
1: again, it's early in the season. We'll find out later this week, but I don't sense a lot of Notre Dame fans that miss their boy.
3: No, <laughs> not even a little bit.
2: Jeffrey, what is uh what is the update on the UTSA quarterback as uh, they
1: are getting twenty there in Knoxville at three o'clock on SEC Network? I think he's hurt, like beyond just hey they sat him out. And if you're UTSA and he's already banged up, why are you going to try to get him ready for Knoxville? Like you're more winnable. Games, homes. Your more winnable games are much. You know it's the conference slate.
3: Yeah, and you want to win in the in the league.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, they had him in a they had him in a boot, and maybe they went in thinking we can beat Army without him, and that was like they, they were being overly cautious. But I don't get that sense because he hasn't looked right all year. I watched the entire Houston game that they played to start the season, and he didn't look right then, and. UTSA is another story where because Jeff Trailer has friends in the media because he talks to them, they were probably overhyped because one thing that I think gets left out of this is in conference realignment conference USA sucks. Like the sunbelt has passed them and they dominated conference USA. But once you got them out of that, they've really struggled playing anyone else. And they had weapons last year, and their weapons are all gone. One's on the sideline at Ole Miss. Also, ironically, in a in an injury situation.
2: Tennessee likes beating up on teams they can beat up on, especially coming off losses. They like
1: feeling good about themselves. I I will openly admit the two the two lines that I feel the least comfortable with are Tennessee and Florida because yeah. both those are. Asking teams to you know, Tennessee after a after a just a gut punching loss, like what is their mental state? Did they lose two games in one? And then you're you know, you're playing inferior opponents that are probably going to play hard. Same thing with Florida and Charlotte. Like Florida's riding high after that. Like those are the two games that I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna lay these numbers, but I hate it. Arkansas plus 18 at number 12 LSU, six o'clock ESPN. That is a ton of points and maybe you know they're LSU i think like there was a stat on espn something like they're 5 and 0 as a double digit favorite like the last few years and maybe i'm wrong but i'm i'm picking this based on i like the spot arkansas has a bad loss last, last week but if you watched it the two things that got arkansas in that game were kind of the same two things that got texas a and m against miami they got beat by turnovers, and or BYU hit big-time shot plays. But down-to-down, down, Arkansas pretty was pretty good and was able to do what they wanted. And I'm not asking them to go win the game. I'm asking them to stay within three scores. And LSU had the dominating performance against Mississippi State. I just kind of like the spot for Arkansas.
2: Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with five percent alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating. At the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience and perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun
1: and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted.
3: I think LSU's going to smoke
1: them. And again, entirely within the realm of possibility.
3: I think this is about to be... His big game is always in Arlington, and I think the Arlington game might determine whether he's got a chance to survive.
2: Oh, wow. When you're uh, very excited about, Neil, is 6 o'clock on Saturday. It's on Fox, and it is your Oregon State Beavers at number 21, Washington State. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Neil's Oregon State Beavers? Oh, he oh. went to the bowl game and is all in been, on Jonathan I've been Smith in love with him beavers.
3: since Vegas, man. I, I, I've been, I invented Oregon State. When I'm just on the bandwagon, I, I saw them in person in Vegas destroy Florida and listen to all these people trying to tell me, well, Florida with this and Florida that. I'm like, I know what I saw. Oregon state was good, dude. They they looked, they looked like a big 10 team with just Mid- enough SEC. That speed too, Michigan
1: up. state should go throw the money at.
3: They really should. They should, they should offer him whatever he wants.
1: Michigan state is a development program. And this guy knows what he's doing. He's legit. But well, he
2: would have to take it because Oregon State's headed to the freaking mountain west.
1: Well here's the, the only thing. the only here's reason the he thing. doesn't take it is you know he he played there. Like he is Mr. Oregon State. He took
3: DJ I can't I'll never say his name. John Thank you. Wow. Clemson Clemson couldn't do it. Clemson couldn't figure him out. They asked him to do things that he just couldn't do. Hey you have to fit our system Oregon State gets him and goes, all right, here are your strengths. Here are your weaknesses. I know this is novel. Let's play to your strengths, and let's play away from your weaknesses. Let's build your confidence. Let's not ask you to do things that you can't do. Let's ask you to do the things that you can do. And then as you do those things, maybe we'll expand a little. But let's let's stay in the lane. Let's, let's just stay in the lane. And by God, that's what they've done, and he's really played pretty well. Listen, not an NFL superstar and all that stuff like people used to t- say about him but he's turned out to be a pretty good college quarterback because they've coached him well.
1: I watched this guy win games with Chance Nolan.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: the guy at Washington State's done a hell of a
3: job. Oh, he's terrific. And they're great at home. That's why I'm telling you guys, we'll be talking about Ole Miss Alabama and we'll miss it. But I might, I, I never record other games because I just, I end up never going back and watching them. They just eat space. I, I might record this one so I can watch it and enjoy it.
1: Well, thankfully, I get to do my work with y'all from the couch. So I will be watching it as I talk about Ole Miss. Well, I'm going to have it
3: on. I'm going to turn it on when the Ole Miss game ends. And because look, I mean, if Ole Miss wins, it's going to be a, giant party and people are going to be super happy. And if Ole Miss loses, ain't nothing Chase and I can do about it. So, I mean, I'm going to turn the other – I mean, we're not playing. I'm going to turn the other game on and we'll get through it together. I I love my Beeves in the spot.
1: My guy's a covering machine. And he didn't cover last week. And
3: if you're going to tell me he's going to go back-to-back weeks without covering, I don't buy it. Fun game, though, guys. I mean, if you're an Ole Miss fan out there listening, and the Pac 12 is fun this year. Yeah. And these are two, these are two good, these are two good programs. It's, it's really a shame what's happening.
1: the, The irony is these two schools are limited from a financial perspective, but these are the two schools in the Pac 12 that really care about sports.
3: Oregon State had thirty thousand people in Vegas for that game.
1: But like, think about it. Like, yeah, Oregon State is like they they can't figure out basketball and Washington State hasn't figured out basketball, but like Oregon State has always been competitive in baseball. Like they despite being as Isn't such Ru- a is that where
3: like, Rutschman went, Oregon State? Uh is that the the rape boy? No, no, that's the uh the the uh Orioles catcher.
1: I think that's right, with
3: a good looking sister. Yeah, yeah, his sister is attractive. Yeah.
1: Chase is muted now. We've yes, lost. that
2: is correct. Yeah, he, uh, he went to he went to Oregon State. That is that was their catcher from Oregon State.
1: Who was the pitcher though that uh that didn't like it was a first round arm, but Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. having a hard time remember, isn't that he his Remember his name now. But I remember it's like, why didn't this guy get drafted? Uh well, you see. Luke Heimlich. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he can get you out though.
2: So uh, how uh, how how are the hometown Tigers going to do in St. Louis against Mizzou on Saturday, Jeffrey?
1: I mean, this line absolutely stinks because everyone that I know that covers Memphis is like, what the hell? Six now, and a half. I'm also the guy that goes, when you sit there and go, what the hell? I don't sit there and go, well, let's go load up on Mizzou. I sit there and go, wait, wait a minute. If you guys are saying what the hell, what the hell? Um, I think this line means Brady Cook's not playing, or at least Vegas is not confident that he's playing. Correct,
3: because, because
2: the casual observer just jumps on the Tigers here like crazy.
1: Missouri, yeah, correct. Sorry, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got the yeah. SEC team that just you know won the big game, and then Memphis had that standalone spot on national TV against Navy, and they looked like they should have lost. Um, I don't know. My my pick is entirely based upon the line. Makes no sense because Jeffrey, I'll get, uh, <clears throat> go ahead. Offensively, I don't know. Like Memphis is not very good offensively. Like they try to run the football, but they really can't. Um, they have some. They're better than they were last year at the skill positions, but every time like you watch them play, like you just sit there and you go like. What are they trying to do? Like I I don't I don't even know like what they I think it's that they, they because they they have, their head coach is an offensive line coach. He wants to run the ball and they really can't. Like he won't just sit there and go like all right, we just got to figure out ways to throw it and beat people. But I don't know. Like to me like this this is all based upon well this line makes no sense. So give me Memphis because this thing makes no sense.
2: I'll give you some uh, MPW digital bonus points here. Can you name both former names of the uh, dome there in St. Louis? It is now the Dome at America's Center, which I had no idea until this week.
1: Oh, uh, come on. The TWA dome, originally. Rest in peace, uh, TWA Airlines. Yeah, and Trans then, World Dome. Uh, the Edward Jones dome.
2: Correct. Yeah, oh, I okay. knew Edward Jones. I did not remember Trans World at all. And then that, 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 that did not stick in my
1: mind. TWA, Howard Hughes, baby. Like TWA yeah, yeah, yeah. growing up was like, if you, found, if you heard someone was flying TWA, it's like, whoa, Hey, Richie, Rich, how you doing? Going to Europe. You're gonna you going to be
3: summering. Does that thing just sit empty all year? The dome?
2: Oh, the the XFL battle Hawks play there, Neil.
3: Oh, my bad. Like I said, does that thing just sit empty all year?
1: I don't so know. So Here's, I'm, uh, I'm curious to know what St. What's St. Louis going to do with that check that Cronky had to cut him? That's a good question. I
2: have no idea. Um,
1: Here's one for you while we're staying
2: with the St. Louis Trivia, and I promise I will move on. In 1995, um, they were the team left out of the expansion race when a team went into Charlotte and a team went into Jacksonville. What would have been the mascot or nickname of the St. Louis team had they gotten ahead of Charlotte or Jacksonville? Uh, Also,
1: Memphis got got left out of that one, too. Um, Yeah, I know. Just right there. um, Yeah. No, listen. That's the most Memphis thing ever we 've got a shot y'all the other two cities are building brand new stadiums and we literally just put like an erector set box together on top of the Liberty Bowl um I don't know because the Cardinals were obviously
3: no they don't cl- even to Arizona
2: they moved to Arizona in 88. it was going to be the St Louis stallions
1: stallions man we are out of good nicknames
2: St. Louis was to have placed the Stallions in Bush Stadium where the baseball Cardinals play for a brief period while a new Dome Stadium was constructed near the America
1: Center. Yeah, I'm curious to know, because I kind of think everyone keeps doing you know, Vegas and Seattle. If St. Louis spends the money that they got, now maybe, I don't know, did that go to the soccer stadium? I have no idea. But if they're going to start spending that money and put an arena there, I think St. Louis and the NBA makes some sense.
3: Oh, it does. People sure. don't
1: realize St. Louis is a good basketball town, too.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm going to skip some of these bad games, UAB, Georgia, Florida, Charlotte. Right. Um, Kansas,
3: By the way, just real quick, Kansas City would lose its mind if St. Louis got an NBA franchise because Kansas City exactly. wants one so bad they don't know what to do. That, oh, could be, that could be part of the motivation.
2: We're all jumping on Notre Dame here, guys. Getting three at home against Iowa I mean, Ohio State.
3: Hartman's good, dude.
2: It's the only two games that I think we're all picking the same teams.
1: I don't know. The way I just looked at it was I've watched Notre Dame play. I think they look pretty good. They had a good plan for Ohio State last year, and I think Stroud's better than McCord, and Ohio State really struggled. And this year, like this is just simply like I'm getting the better – the better quarterback at home, and I'm taking that. And I also think this is, a like, if you're an Ohio State backer, I think this is a really good spot because this is, like, the least hyped Ohio State team I can remember in a long time, and they still got plenty of dudes. Number
2: 24, Iowa, plus 14 at Penn State, 630 on CBS. Neil, your Hawkeyes, can they get to 25 points in this football game?
3: Like I said in the thing, if they can score two defensive touchdowns, they can. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I don't think they can. I mean, I've watched Penn State. I just don't think Iowa can successfully move the football. I mean, not with Mr. Creative doing the play calling.
1: I just, I haven't loved what I've seen out of Penn State. Um, And this is, you know, while the Iowa defense I don't think has like the NFL guys that they've had the last couple of years or the last few, god now like 10 years. I still think that defense can make it difficult on Aylers. And I mean, last week they cover against Illinois and they won the turnover battle five, nothing. And it like was kind of a struggle to cover. Yeah. Franklin had to score that, you know, garbage touchdown against West Virginia on like the last, you know, whatever 30 seconds left when the game was already over to cover there. And again, I respect it. I I do coaches that cover.com. Don't forget. Um, but I I don't know, like I I, I just kind of like Iowa in the spot because I feel like everyone's like eh, I was stinks. There is
2: actually a third game of the week that we all took the same team. We all have South Carolina covering four and a
1: half in Columbia against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I mean, this is just uh until I don't know you want to talk about how how do you score? How does Mississippi State score?
3: I have a question for both of you guys. I I legitimately mean this. He's three games in. Everything he's done is a PR nightmare. He's already pulled the we're going to only recruit kids who love Mississippi State card, which is idiotic. Is there any chance that this just goes to hell in year one and they go, you know what? We jumped the gun on this abandoned ship. I mean, even
2: Moorhead got a next year and they hated him and he didn't fit.
3: Are they pot committed to this?
1: They went eight and four. Like they were eight and four. It's one thing to go eight and four and have the best defense. And like the reason why he got fired is because they went eight and four and he's supposed to be the offensive guy and their offense looked broken. So that, but he still got the extra year. I'm, I'm more, would I do it? Yes. I think this guy has proven to me this is a defensive coordinator, not a head coach. The problem, though, my understanding, at least of the problem, is he, he got all the prominent boosters that matter on his side to the point where we forget last year, like they were. Remember, there were talks they were going to fire Leach or that he was going to yes. retire. Remember that, like yes. at the
3: middle of the season. Well, and I remember then- the day of the Egg Bowl, thinking. I mean, may he rest in peace. I'm not speaking ill of, of of the deceased, but there there were a lot of rumblings that hey, this they're just letting Leach play this thing out, and as soon as the season's over, they're they're going to usher him into some form of retirement and they're the only reason arnett's still there as the defensive coordinators because he's been promised the gig sooner rather than later i mean that was what was being said that day and what my understanding of it is is the reason why that
1: happened is like he had convinced the key boosters you know this style of football this candy ass air raid football like that's not gonna win like we got to get back to being tough and what not like he was going to fire all the you know all
3: the leech guys and good job buddy well i mean guys we 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 love to make fun of Iowa's offense and deservedly so and i watch a lot of Iowa football mississippi state's offense the other day was less creative than i was oh i just keeping it keeping it real i mean they make brian forrens look like he's just the the, the mad hatter out there
2: It's throwing away a year on purpose because you say out loud, we're running a different system. Well, okay, why don't you recruit to a different system but run the actual plays that your offense can do? Yeah, treat it as a transition year. Yeah, instead you're being hard-headed and going, nope, nope, nope. We're just going to force Will Rogers into this because the way they're playing, Mike Wright would be better as a starting quarterback.
1: No, I mean, I I, Neil, I told Chase afterwards, like they talked Will into staying and – Will should have just gone some, like Will should have gotten in the portal and gone somewhere that runs the air raid. Cause you know, this is never going to be an offensive fit for him.
3: He talked about going to Auburn and he would be a much better fit there than he is in this thing. He and would. to, to Hugh's credit, he would use him better than what state's doing. I, yeah, I
1: agree with that. I mean, my, my problem with, if I hear you're going to get the Scott Satterfield offense,
3: I'm checked out. Doesn't work. Well, but, but, I mean, he's doing the stuff off the field, too, that indicates you don't get any of it. And if you don't get any of it, and you're at the school in the West, and I know we're getting ready to get out of divisions, but you're at the school in the West that from an NIL potential, you're last. Right? I mean, Ole Miss has proven it can compete uh, in the NIL game. We know about Alabama and Auburn and Texas A&M and LSU. Uh, the Arkansas... Was kind of a sleeping giant in the NIL thing. The money's there. It's just a matter of getting it to go to football. And I, I think I think something's coming. I'll just keep it. I'll leave it there. State's not there. And so if, if you're going to be Mississippi State, you've got to be kind of like Oregon State, right? You've got to be a, this really good development program who gets kids in and, and coaches them up and gets the most out of them and understands that that you you play to, to player strengths. You have some flexibility as a staff. I don't sense any of that. And to me, it's a warning sign. When a coach goes, Hey, we're only gonna recruit kids who love it, but we're we're gonna get a different kind of kid. When Hugh said that looking back, that was the red flag. That nope, you've lost it. It's yep. you it, the the con It's a panic maneuver
2: in Starkville because it's what you do to get some some weird support in the off the field stuff. It's a panic move. That's what that is. So Jeffrey, last thing here. Uh, where are we falling on Sean McVay getting him a field goal to cover last week? Or to push, sorry, not even a
1: cover, a push. So everyone. That follows me knows that that's my favorite game of the year because if you've ever been in a fraternity, that's big bro, little bro night. And that was the most little bro night move I've ever seen from Sean McVeigh. Like anyone that's ever had a big bro, no one can get in your head like your big bro can. And on the flip side, like when you become big bro, you can get in little bro's head as much as anyone, and it's a delight. And Shanahan just lives in McVeigh's head. And that was just like the most, I'm just going to go kick this field goal. Just to like you didn't cover. You didn't cover. You should have beat me by more.
2: It's McVeigh coaching in two years. I, he kind of, I don't think they're that bad this year. No, I don't think they're bad. I'm just saying, does he have Is is that what he wants to do? Is he just doing it in two years? I'm not talking about getting fired. They're okay. They're kind of they're, they're kind of fun, honestly. See, I'm he, really I'm really looking forward to Monday night Bengals Rams.
1: If he was going to do the I'm going to go take the TV money, get out and then reset, I felt like last like this offseason was the time to do that.
2: Yeah, cuz he's in the middle of like this weird
1: rebuild-ish thing now. They actually have a first round pick this year. They do. I saw that. It's a, I think it'll be a decent quarterback draft. I mean, I think the problem is they're just so handcuffed by Stafford's deal and whatever's going on with Cooper Cup right now. Yeah, well, Cooper Cup's hurt because he's undersized, and they throw him the ball two hundred times a year.
2: Yeah. Uh, What's your uh, TV one on uh, on Saturday? What 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 are the two or three you're most looking forward to, Jeffrey? And we'll get you
1: out of here. I I think I think the three games I'm the most interested in are Clemson, Florida State. Ole Miss, okay. Alabama, and then Notre Dame, Ohio State, because that Clemson, line, State, okay, that Clemson line stinks. Number what was four, it? it's like two and a half. Number oh, four wow. is unranked.
0: It's
3: wow. like it's begging you to take Florida State and lay the points, and they they, they must know something. I, that's I, that's why I'm very
1: fascinated in that game.
3: But yeah. man, Clemson hasn't exactly wowed.
1: No, no, no. And- J- and they lost another receiver for the year. Yeah,
2: Jeffrey, appreciate it, bud. Talk to All you guys, soon. We good. Jeffrey Wright joining us there as he does uh, every single Thursday. Huge slate. He obviously in uh, in Oxford, everything's focused in one direction. The uh, the the latest we think we know is that Caden Preescore will play on I'm Saturday. It appears that Zachary Franklin is going to give it a go as well, or at least as of right now. And then I have no idea on Trey Harris. I'll admit I have no updated information whatsoever on him. So that is where we're sitting as of eight fifty four a.m. here on this Thursday morning.
3: I think he'll dress. I think he'll be out there. I, I I suspect they will see what he looks like and feels like in pregame. My guess is that if he plays, he will be on a limit, unlimited packages, and that he will be on a pitch count. They can't afford to aggravate it and lose him for the year. As big as the game is, I get it. But you do have eight more. And I don't no, know. No, you
2: what, can't make it worse. I yeah.
3: don't know how effective Franklin will be. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, everything I hear about Priest Corn, and look, I, I trust Brian's sourcing on this, <laughs> is that Priest Corn's good to go.
2: Yeah, I, I, I expect him to play fairly normally on
3: Saturday. And it's it's huge because I mean not to pile on the kid, but they just haven't gotten much out of the tight end position this year. And it's not just trig. They just haven't gotten a lot out of it. It's not Wolf's fault that he got hurt. He went up in the air to make a really good catch and he came down and he broke his collarbone. It happens. Um Heath still is a He's uh, limited. He's limited. He's got he he hasn't gotten to his he hasn't gotten into his comfort zone yet. I mean, they're still potential there and he's a good player and he did some good things against Georgia Tech and then Trigg is just inconsistent he, he doesn't always get where he needs to get in the in the running game and he's inconsistent in the passing game he sometimes does really good things but they they need they need some consistency from that position they need some maturity from that position and I think priest corn provides it and look We didn't get to it with Jeffrey. I got to it with Pete a little bit. You'll hear that tonight. Watch it tonight. It's going to be on MPW later today. At some point, Ole Miss has to establish the running game beyond Jackson Dart. If, If this season's going to be the magical season that like I, this is not a criticism of Ole Miss fans, Chase at all. Because I, I'm I'm glad you're optimistic. I'm glad you're excited. And I, and I think Ole Miss can win this game. I think it's close to a coin toss. But there's a lot of optimism about Alabama and moving forward, and that's great. But if you're gonna get there, you've got to figure it out in the running game. You yeah. cannot lean on Jackson Dart to run you to a to, to Atlanta. I I I don't I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's fair. Not even it's forget fair. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's realistic. I mean, you're going to end up getting him hurt. You can't get your quarterback hit, 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 and it not take a toll on you. It's it's one of like talking about Arkansas for example a minute ago. It's it's one of the problems with their offense is they run Jefferson so much that he gets banged up, and when he gets banged up, he loses his effectiveness as a passer, and as he loses his effectiveness as a passer, it impacts your offense. Well, the same thing could happen to Jackson. Hell, he's not as big as KJ. I mean, those those kinds of those kinds of things pile up. They've got to get Quinshawn Judkins going in the running game. they got to figure it out. And if they do that on Saturday, they're beating Alabama. If they don't, it's going to be really touch and go.
2: Well, it's why Saturday is so huge to see what that looks like, because if you do get pre-scoring back, you sort of have that element where either the run game is going to work moving forward or it's not. You know what I mean? Because – You've been able yeah. so far to go. Hey, we, they haven't had a tight end. You haven't had the sixth person. You haven't been able to get into the middle of the field and do all these things. Well, if he's there and it still doesn't work, you go. Well, that's the personnel. I mean, now, right? It is what it is, bud.
3: And there's so. some guys up front that got to play better. They, they, mm-hmm. and, and they played. They played a little better against Georgia Tech. There was, okay. there was. There was. a. There was progress. But they've got to have more progress because obviously, you know, it's the part of the. If you flipped the two schedules, if Alabama had played Mercer, Tulane, and Georgia Tech, what would their they record? 3-0. Probably three and zero. If Ole Miss had played Middle Tennessee, Texas, and South Florida, what would they be? Probably two and one. So you know, a lot of this is a lot. Again, I, I'm not criticizing the optimism. I'm all for the optimism. Um, our jobs better. Our numbers are better when people are optimistic. So go optimism. But we're kind of where we thought we'd be. I thought we'd be 3 and 0. I thought Ole Miss would be 3 and 0. I thought I, I thought I thought Alabama would be either 2 and 1 or 3 and 0. I wondered about Texas. I thought Alabama would beat them. Alabama's clearly not as good as I thought Alabama would be, but Ole Miss is exactly where I thought it would be. 3 and 0. A lot of question marks. I, I I think a pretty high ceiling, but I I'm not convinced that the floor has risen yet. I need to see Saturday before I go. Oh yeah, no, the floor is not six and six, or the floor is not seven and five, the floor is eight and four, the floor is nine and three. I need to see Saturday before I say something like that.
2: The three stat, or if you can call the third one a stat, the three stats that I think decide this game: Ole Miss rushing yards, Jalen Milrow rushing yards, and Ole Miss blown coverages and turnovers. Sure. Well, yeah.
3: Can they force Milrow to turn the ball over? he has been susceptible to turn the ball over. And, and he's can, been
2: sacked a lot.
3: And can Jackson Dart continue to avoid turnovers? Can Jackson not try to force things? Not So far this year, he's been brilliant. Well,
2: and hey. well, the one thing that I alluded to a little bit, maybe in picks, maybe yesterday to somewhere else, is Lane needs to just coach. Lane has coached himself out of this game at times, too. He has to just coach. It's just the game. Quit being different because Alabama's on the other sidelines. Don't go for fourth down on your on eight-yard line because you just can't stand to give the ball back. Calm down. Lane's got to calm down.
3: Yeah. No, it's it's a a big game for him. I'm convinced of it. It's a
2: huge game for him, too, because like you said, in 2020, he said, hey, no moral victories. Yeah. Okay, cheer four, win a game. Go win it. They're right there. They're not unbeatable. It's not the juggernaut of all juggernauts anymore. They're still really damn good now.
3: And you know, but, I, don't know I, I don't know whether he was—I don't know whether this was playing games with his team or or playing games with the media or laying the groundwork for. Hey, look, man, they, they, they we only have one guy that would play there. You know, they—they—they're just so talented. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a combination yeah. of all of those things. But he doesn't play them next year. If if Ole Miss plays Alabama next year, it's going to be either in the playoff or in the SEC championship game. That's his last time for two years. Yeah. So, you know, it's a big, big, big moment for him. It's, you can feel it. He's been more. Tuscaloosa is
2: going to be juiced on Saturday.
3: Well, he has woken them up in the event that they were asleep and they weren't. No. I mean, they, that's a proud program. They, whatever happened in Tampa, whether it was mutiny or whether it was, sleep or whether it was just g- going down and playing a group of five and not getting motivated and looking like crap, whatever happened, you can bet that there are players in that it's Nick Saban's team. There yeah, are players sure. in that, in that organization. They, they had the meeting and the, people make fun of the meeting, but the fact that the meeting happened tells me that there was some leadership on that team that said, no, no, this is, this is not who we are. This is not the standard. You don't wear this uniform and play like that. We've got to go answer the bell. And then Lane, mm-hmm. Lane the castle crumbling. That was a shot. That was a that was a shot. That was a saying, "Hey, your your empire is falling. The dynasty's over." Combined with the defensive coordinator thing and oh, and it's happening from within, too. And there's a lot there. So it all kind of culminates with I mean, kind of fittingly, I think with another two thirty game in Bryant Denny, because the last one was sort of an embarrassment for Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and um, and and this is it's a giant opportunity, and for the people who do the respect thing, that they a lot of fans very obsessed with respect. You and I have talked about this a lot. I always, I get it to a point, but you're either going to win or you're going to lose. If Ole Miss wins, they're going to get a ton of respect out of this. If Ole Miss wins, they're going to jump four or five spots in the polls the lsu game is going to get magnified next week assuming lsu beats arkansas
2: yeah here's are um, like number eight versus number nine or whatever it will be next week
3: yeah a, a big 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 game a national game that gets ton of national attention probably people game day about, frankly probably so people talking about ole miss in a different way you will get the respect if you win the scoreboard and if you don't Here's the truth. The people are going to go, you know what? Kiffin talks a lot about that game, but he can't win it. And they're going to move on. LSU Ole Miss will just be about, next week will really be all about LSU. hmm
2: Tonight, uh, your NFL game is the New York Giants at the 49ers. The 49ers giving 10 and a half
3: tonight for uh, for this one. I don't think as banged up as the Giants are, they're going to have a hard time.
2: Yeah, I do too. It feels, it feels very much... Uh, they 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 salvaged last week against Arizona. They did not cover, but they got the win. Came back from the huge deficit, but tall order tonight there uh, in San Francisco. Um, heading into the uh, heading into the weekend, and then your two other primetime games. One of them I've already alluded to. You've got uh, Pittsburgh at the Raiders on Sunday night, and then uh, actually two Monday night games again. You've got Eagles at Bucks and Rams at Bengals on
3: uh, on Monday night. So. It's pretty smart of the NFL.
2: They do it three times. I I read a story a couple days ago about why they do it and like what's set up and what the deal is. It had to do with the bargaining stuff. But, yeah, it's three times this season they'll have dual Monday night games.
3: It makes more of the Sunday games
2: big. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Appreciate Jeffrey. Uh, Again, we have uh, some extra content coming throughout the uh, day. Nils lined up that schedule for uh some other stuff as well. And then uh tonight, hand raised guys. The uh tentative start time is five o'clock. I've got a couple things that could push it just a few minutes one way or the other, but I think five o'clock ish for uh for hand raised guys we'll with you and we'll close the week heading into uh again, Ole Miss and Alabama Saturday, two thirty on CBS. So be safe and we'll talk to you again soon.